Hi, I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. This is an episode... This is a soapbox episode, honestly. And one we've been promising for a long time. Yes. We are going to talk all about toys and tools. Wands, weights, Kegel balls, dilators. What are they? The Yanni egg. Yep. LV. Um, the chair. The chair. And basically what the difference is between a pelvic floor tool and a sex toy because that has been of contention lately and they're not the same they're not the same and it's just kind of a big pet peeve of mine and so recently pelvic floor therapists and if you're not in the pelvic floor therapy world this probably wasn't an issue for you but we were up in arms because amazon moved um the pelvic wand from the like health and wellness category to the sex toy category they are not sex toys and that's a conversation that i have to have with my patients quite a bit especially some of my older patients because they look at that and they say it's a pelvic what and i have to explain to them this is not a sex toy this is not for pleasure this is not for orgasms this is not for intimate play this is healthcare. and so let's back up let's start with what is a pelvic wand and then we'll get into that well, yeah we'll start with wands i think callie and i use those the most mm-hmm. often um mine is my best friend i have one that i use personally it is also my I best friend i think i would be lost without it yeah So a pelvic wand is the ones that we recommend. They are from a company called Intimate Rose, and this is not sponsored by them at all, but they have fantastic products. Mm -hmm. Intimate Rose was created and designed by a pelvic floor physical therapist, which I think is really awesome. So it's not like it was just some rando off the street that was like, yeah, this will work. This is a thing. Um, So the pelvic wand is made of medical grade silicone. It's shaped kind of like an S, like a dog toy on is what it looks like to me and there is a thicker end in diameter and then there is a smaller diameter end as well and you use this for what we call trigger point release there's about a million uses for it honestly so many we we've talked about in anatomy kind of the layers of the muscle and for someone who maybe can't tolerate like they have so much tightness they can't tolerate anything past that first layer that their little small end is perfect yes. just to start off working on those muscles working on that trigger point release that Rachel mentioned and then you can progressively start using the sorry my chair is so squeaky today we're in a new room but um You can start progressively using the bigger end as you get that kind of first layer calm down, get those muscles relaxing. You can just systematically work through your pelvic floor and work on things maybe two, three times a week, way more than we'd be able to do in therapy. Mm -hmm. And you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And you can do it yourself too. And I think one thing I want to touch on real quick is just kind of how muscle tissue works and why any sort of release is beneficial in overall muscle tissue health. So when muscle tissue kind of tenses up, when it's dysfunctional, right? We talked kind of in that anatomy episode, a muscle that's kind of in that overactive state feels like if you were to cross your thumb over your hand and kind of feel the meat of your thumb, how well done is your steak, right? When that muscle tissue is not able to flush out the neurotransmitters that are telling it to contract, we get this sustained contraction. And when we get this sustained contraction, that's when we get trigger points and muscle knots. We've all had knots up in our shoulders, right? In our upper trap area, you know, after working on the computer all day long, we get that tension, we get those knots. You can feel it. It feels like a knot in that muscle. The same thing happens in your pelvic floor. 
like we talked about, these are the exact same muscle tissues, the exact same fibers, the exact same chemical makeup. And so the same thing happens in your pelvic floor. When you're carrying stress in your pelvic floor muscles, then these muscles can get knots in them and trigger points in them and just kind of overall resting tension. Same way you can get tight hamstrings, you can get tight pelvic floor muscles. And so same way that if you know what I've been on my computer for the last three weeks because I am an accountant and it's tax season and I'm dying I'm gonna go get a massage and that massage feels great for those muscles that pressure and that release it helps to release those tension that tension and one of the things that we learned in PT school was okay how do we address trigger points sustained pressure over that knot and over that trigger point can help to interrupt this cycle of pain and spasm and contraction in that muscle tension it's kind of like hitting the reset button on that muscle not on that tissue. And so this, again, the same thing happens in our pelvic floor muscles. And so that's why if you come in with an overactivity, a lot of times what we suggest is internal release. And it's not necessarily that we want to do internal. We know that it's, you know, uncomfortable for a lot of people, but at the same time, I have had so many patients that are like, this is the most, that, that gives me the most benefit. I feel amazing afterwards. I feel less tense. I feel more relaxed. I am in significant significantly less pain after we do that internal release. And so if that feels good for you, please don't be afraid to ask your therapist to do it. Yeah. Because I think a lot of my patients, I've had a couple of patients that are like, I feel weird asking this, but can we do internal today? I'm like, absolutely. Well, and I love the combination of starting with internal, getting those muscles functioning a little bit better and then following it up with movement because a lot of times people can move better we're able to do more with hip mobility more um just those movement patterns that they're more comfortable for the patient they're easier for the patient and we're reinforcing good movement so following it up with good movement is huge absolutely and sometimes it just allows for that and it you feel we feel better when so we move better. better when we feel better. After I use my pelvic wand, I usually use it right before I go to bed and I am out like a light. Like I am done. And I think I mentioned I usually try to use it before my leg days because yeah. that's when I feel the most tension. And like Kelly talk, talk, just said, like when we have kind of that tension especially on a leg day doing a lot of leg movements like squats, deadlifts, Bulgarian split squats, which will be the death of me, but mm. movements like that a lot of that utilizes the pelvic floor and we there's so much activity that happens in those pelvic floor muscles through those movements and so if I know like okay it's been a while since I've used my pelvic wand or I've been stressed been worked up haven't you know haven't addressed this in a while and I have legs tomorrow so I'm going to use my pelvic wand tonight and then that way when I do have legs I'm not adding more tension on top of tension and so I am out like a light after I use it. And then when I do legs the next day, I feel primed, ready to go. I have good mobility as well. I don't feel stiff in my movements. Weight distribution feels equal, which is huge, especially for a movement like a squat. Um, And so it's really, really helpful in getting that kind of proper muscle activation and relaxation. And it's the same thing for patients and whatever that type of tight muscle is causing problems for them so say it's not a squat or in the gym say it's pain with sex which we're gonna get into or maybe those tight muscles are causing constipation or urinary symptoms whatever it is you can use the pelvic wand and kind of decrease those symptoms maybe use it the night before start the next day refreshed or just whatever it is it's a great tool now with that being said it can be used improperly for sure Um, There are a couple of structures you want to be careful and stay away from in the pelvic floor. So we've talked before about that atla or that tendon ligament in the pelvic floor. You want to stay off that. It in a perfectly healthy pelvic floor, adding pressure, poking around on that doesn't feel good. No, you want to. So you want to stay away from that, and that is something we educate on. So when Mm -hmm. you come in, neither of us, no therapist here, recommends a pelvic wand without extensive education and instruction first because we want to stay away from that we also want to stay away from the pudendal nerve in the pelvic floor Um, it feels like a spaghetti noodle to the touch but when you get on it with a pelvic wand it's painful and if you stay on it long enough if you like any nerve if you compress it long enough it's gonna stop hurting because now it can't feel anything 
So there's just a couple of structures you want to stay away from. You don't want to overdo things with the pelvic wand. Um, typically, I use a little bit of clinical judgment with that. If I tell a patient, I give them some exercises, and I tell them to do them once a day, and they come back, and they're like, I did this every 10 minutes every single day since the last time I saw you. I'm like, ooh, we may not be doing You're not pelvic getting a pelvic wand. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, like, there are people that are definitely have that mindset of, oh, well, if it's good for me, then there's no such thing as too much. Yes. And I try to tell them, like, you, there is such thing as overdoing it with the pelvic wand. So they're not appropriate for everyone. And I know um, our boss, Alita, she's had a couple of patients come in and be like, all right, so when are we going to do use a pelvic wand? And she's like, that's it's not an option for you. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, again, we, we kind of use it as our, our clinical judgment. And we are not saying that you can't go out and just buy one on your own. That's not what we're saying. You don't need a prescription. You don't need, Mm -hmm. you know, a physical therapist approval to get it. You can literally go on intimaterose.com and order yourself a pelvic wand. Um, and again, that is an option for you. Now, the pelvic wands from Intimate Rose, they come with fantastic instructions. Beautiful. Phenomenal instructions, a link to a video, an explanation of why this works. And again, contraindications, contraindications when you shouldn't use it. Yep. And again, why it's beneficial. So we know that, okay, getting that release of those muscles is going to help them function better and feel better and relax and give us less pain. But again, like Callie said, we don't necessarily see our patients often enough. We don't see our patients two, three times a week. And so if you're able to kind of do that on your own and get more independent with it, fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I usually tell my patients, especially if they're getting closer to discharge of like, okay, now that we're moving closer and closer to you being done with therapy, you need the tools in your tool belt to address this as you go on. Mm -hmm. Like, I love you, but I don't ever want to see you in here again (laughs) kind of thing. Like, I don't want you to have to come back to therapy want you to have the tools and to be able to kind of do this and assess this and, you know, address your problems on your own and recognize like, okay, this is coming from my pelvic floor. It's been, you know, a month and a half at this point since I've used my pelvic wand or done any sort of stretching and relaxation. But now I know I'm going to do some diaphragmatic breathing. I'm going to do some child's pose. I'm going to break out my pelvic wand and I'm going to feel fantastic the next day. So we're so blessed to live in a time where we've got like medical grade products for this. We've got Intimate Rose. We've got resources like this. I was talking to our boss, Alita, also. She's she's been doing this for forever. And back in her day, she was the only pelvic floor clinic or therapist at her clinic. And they didn't have pelvic wands. Intimate Rose wasn't a thing yet. And so the the tool she had to use for this, it was a similar shape. So it had the hook where you could address it. It was actually labeled online as a G-spot stimulator. What? So she had to go. So she, again, she's the only physical therapist working for oh, no. a, a male <laughs> clinic director at the time. And no. she had to go to him and ask to be able to order g-spot simulators and I, obviously she explained but she was like i just had she was like had no. to purchase and have g-spot stimulators and that's obviously not what she was using it for she was using it like we use the pelvic right. wand but there was no other options at the time oh my gosh that is wild yeah not to mention that but intimate rose they have options of pelvic wands which i love they have they are beautiful colors too in case you are uh partial to a certain color but the normal, just medical grade silicone one, that one is bright purple. It's fantastic. Um, but they also have two other options. One of them is made of a little bit different material and it is designed to hold temperature a little bit better than just the regular medical grade silicone one. And so you can put it in the freezer or you can kind of heat it up with some warm water. Um, which is awesome because we have some patients who have a lot of burning. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk a little bit next week about kind of some symptoms of pain with sex. But when that first layer gets tight, a lot of times, like we talked about in the UTI episode, it feels like burning mm-hmm. in that area. So if you've got a lot of irritation, you've got some burning, that cool temperature is really, really helpful feels to those. Fantastic. Feels good. And when you feel good, you are able to relax and work on those muscles in a more effective way. 
Um, some people can't stand the thought of something cold touching them there. If an icicle went inside <laughs> of me, I think I would die. And so that's where something you could warm up and hold heat better. That might sounds help better. <laughs> I know. To me, I'm like, um, the heat sounds better. But for some people, it's so cool. So there's some really, really good options. The other one is green, kind of a greenish color. And, and this is where I start to get the funny looks when I recommend this one. It vibrates. It is not a vibrator. No. Again, this is not for sexual pleasure. This is not for intimacy. This is like the internal pelvic floor version of the little handheld massagers you get in the checkout line at Bed Bath & Beyond. Right. And it doesn't vibrate for pleasure. It vibrates because of a mechanism, a neuro mechanism called pain gating. Which means if you're having a ton of pain, this vibrating sensation, the the brain will recognize that through a lot of things that Dr. Sawyer, our neuro professor, could explain <laughs> much more eloquently than I'm about to. But basically, those the nerve fibers that recognize pain and that recognize vibration, the vibration ones are going to overwhelm the pain ones. They're going to get to the brain faster and so if you're having pain that vibration the brain's only going to recognize the vibration or it's going to recognize it more than the pain and so you're going to be able to more effectively work on those muscles where is if you didn't have that it's like a distraction mechanism like when you hit your hand and it hurts and you rub it it's kind of the same thing that you're registering that vibration so you're able to work those muscles maybe a little more effectively and with less pain than with just a normal one again so you say vibration and pelvic and people just, oh, it's a sex toy. Oh my gosh. Like I get giggles. I get, I'm like, they're like the vibrating one. What does that do? I'm like, it, it's not, it's not like that. Don't make this weird. No, it's not weird. My patients that have the vibrating one love it, love it. And it has 10 different vibration settings. So you can change kind of the pulse width. You can change, you know, they have, there's a setting that's just a sustained vibration that doesn't change. Um, there's settings that kind of pulse and settings that um, you can find one and play with it a little bit. Like I said, there's 10 different vibration settings. So you can find one that works and is the most comfortable for you. Now, the temperature one, the thermo one, and the vibrating one, those ones are a little bit more expensive. Um, on Intimate Rose, the regular medical grade silicone one is 30 bucks, and it goes on sale for 25 every now and then. So, And you can get them off Amazon too. Yeah, we literally order them in bulk. I think we order them like eight at a time because we yeah. give, we give that we recommend them to so many patients there was one time where our front office lady she was like enough like what <laughs> what are you doing i'm like everybody just needs a pelvic wand right now that's just where my caseload is like at yeah. yeah and it's just it's just a really i don't know it's just a great tool and i will mention i always give patients the option because we only sell the medical grade yeah. purple one here we also the way we do things at our clinic every clinic is different but here we sell things at cost. So if we pay $25.99, that's what we sell that batch for, or we like will average it out, whatever. So I always tell patients, I'm like, you can buy one from us. You can look on Amazon and order your own. Some people are more comfortable. Some people are like, I don't want that coming to my house. I'm like, it looks like nothing. You're fine. Um, but it really makes no difference if you buy it from us or if you get it from Amazon because we sell it at cost. So we're not making any money off of it. So when me and Rachel are recommending the wand, our clinic gets nothing for that. That's just a tool we're recommending to help you. Um, I had another thought, but it left my brain. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's basically, that's basically pelvic wands. We love oh. them. We highly, highly, highly recommend them. Did you remember your thought? I remembered my thought. Um, another really great thing I like to use it for. So a lot of times when people have no idea where rest is, so when those muscles are hanging out, what we call an overactive, upregulated, hypertonic, all of those mean a little bit different things. But it's all to say the same thing. You're not resting your pelvic floor appropriately. You have no idea where that rest is. Sometimes a technique I use in therapy is I'll take my finger and kind of drag those muscles, have them follow or chase internally. That internally. And um, show them where the rested position of those muscles should be. And that helps people. And it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of where it should be. Well, you can do the same thing with a wand, especially that hooked end. It's really great. They can kind of feel, oh, this is where that rest should be. 
So there's just a lot of really, really awesome uses for it. And it's not just for women. That is my favorite thing about these. It is not just that little tiny end. Perfect for working rectally. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. And again, you can use this. Men can use this and women can use it that are having a lot of rectal problems and rectal pain. Um, A lot of the research that I found actually supporting the use and benefits and, you know, promoting the safety and efficacy of using pelvic wands was actually majority of the populations that they studied were in men that had chronic pelvic pain and chronic prostatitis. And so these, this tool is fantastic. Now use it with lube. Yeah. That's another good, whether you're using it vaginally or rectally, just use it, use it with lube. Yes. That's a phenomenal point. So speaking of research and safety and efficacy and all the fun things about pelvic wands. Um, this article that was published in the clinical journal of pain in December of 2011, I know it is called the safety and effectiveness of an internal pelvic myofascial trigger point wand for urologic chronic pelvic pain syndrome. Um, and so they talk about how pelvic muscle tenderness often occurs in patients with urologic chronic pelvic pain syndromes, um, which can be significantly reduced with pelvic myofascial physical therapy. And so they wanted to look at the safety of a personal wand that enables a patient's self-treatment of internal myofascial trigger points in the pelvic floor and its effect in reducing pelvic muscle tenderness. Now, in this study, there were uh, about 113 participants. 106 of those were men. 106 were men. Seven women. Average age was about 41, and they kind of measured baseline sensitivity to palpation along muscles and everything like that. Um, 95.5% of patients reported the wand was either very or moderately effective in alleviating pain, and it is safe. It is a viable treatment option. Um, again, and I think one of the biggest things is that it's very empowering for these patients mm-hmm. because again, it gives you that a literal tool to add to your tool belt of ways that you can manage your symptoms. So not only changing diet and exercise, stress management, sleep, how are you recovering, breathing, stretching, and movement, but also give you an actual physical tool to help you address, um, address those trigger points. Another study in this one is from what journal is this from? I don't know. It doesn't tell me the exact journal that it's from, but it is called chronic pelvic pain syndrome, a reduction of medication use after pelvic floor physical therapy with an internal myofascial trigger point wand. Um, Self-referred patients were enrolled in a six-day training clinic, so they had about six days um, to kind of figure out, okay, how to use the pelvic wand protocols, everything like that. All changes in medication use were at the patient's discretion. 396 patients uh, were included in this study. Again, 80% were male, average range of about 43, and medium symptom duration of five years. So that's that's chronic pain. That is chronic pain. Um, At baseline, the number of the number of patients that were using medications was about sixty three point six percent. After six months of treatment with self management, self you know use of the trigger point wand, um, medic. Let's see. After six months of treatment, the percentage was 40.1% of patients were on medication. That's a 22.7% overall reduction from baseline. And again, all changes were made off of the patient's discretion. So talk to your physician about it. Again, we're not telling you that we're going to, you know, get you off of your prescription medications or anything like that, but it can help. Um, cause I have a lot of my patients that are like, I don't want to be taking pills for the rest of my life. Uh, if I can address this, if I can do anything to avoid, t- you know, having this, this pill and a lot of pills for p- 
pelvic floor problems are ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. I think Merbetric is hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It's one of the most popular overactive bladder medications. Um, Linzest for constipation, hundreds of dollars and insurance doesn't typically cover that very well. So this study found that medication cessation at six months was significantly associated with a reduction in total symptoms. So not only getting off of, you know, overactive bladder medications, constipation medications, um, pain medications, things like that. I know so many of my patients are terrified to take pain medications because they don't want to get addicted. And it's like, okay let's see what else we can do. Let's see how we can manage it without, you know, even Mm -hmm. broaching that subject so that you don't have that fear. But so, yeah, I even had a patient. And again, this isn't like an advertised thing. Like I don't advertise that I can do this, but her blood pressure significantly lowered as she got her pelvic pain under control. Because if you think about it, when you're in pain, you're tense, all that you hurt and it's not fun. And she was moving more. She was walking. We were doing all these things to control her pelvic pain. And she had had a follow up with her physician and she was actually able to get off her high blood pressure that's medication because her blood pressure had started to normalize. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying if you come see us, we'll lower right. you. But this was more <laughs> of a we had made some several life. Fix everything. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that we had just made several lifestyle changes in a addition to getting the pain under control and it did a lot of really good things for her overall health that's amazing so I thought that was super neat that's fantastic um but yeah it's it's not a sex toy it's very very much a tool and I think the reason everybody was so upset is number one the stig the stigma around it right so a lot of my when you mentioned the older patients I had a patient refused to do it because she was like that's a sex toy like if I die and somebody finds that in my like bedside drawer they're gonna think I had a sex toy and I was like well it doesn't look like I was like can I show she didn't even want me to show her I was like I have one here can I show it to you absolutely not at like that is absolutely not gonna happen and so we're already fighting that a little bit and then you go ahead and Amazon puts it in the sex toy category well now that also affects like things you can buy with your HSA card and things like that. And so it was just kind of a huge blow. And it it takes away a lot of the visibility of the products as well mm-hmm. because sex toys aren't going to be advertised on Amazon the same way healthcare yep. tools are going to be advertised. And so you have to search for it a little bit more, which again can take away the, the visibility for a lot of patients. And now most people don't know that pelvic wands even exist unless they do get it from a physical therapist. I think most people heard of the weights, I think, which we'll get into next, but, um, these are not sex toys. No. There's nothing to be ashamed of about using them. This is healthcare. Again, they, these are, they're muscles. They're muscles and we treat them like we would any other muscle. Yeah. So that's our soapbox. That is our soapbox. And I could go on for days, but I'm yeah. going to wrap it up here because <laughs> yeah, I, move on. I want to talk about dilators yes. next. Because if you Google pelvic floor physical therapy, dilators is like, that's what people who've been on Google come in terrified of, yes. especially with pain. If you yes. Google pelvic floor physical therapy in pain, dilators come up. Yep. And this is going to vary from practitioner to practitioner. I personally do not really use dilators in my pr- I'm not against it. Right. I just haven't found a huge need. Exactly. Yet. Yeah. I haven't had very many patients where I've haven't had good success with internal release or pelvic mm-hmm. wands and you know, relaxation and down training. Now, if you have more of a weakness, dilators are not appropriate for no. you. Um, pelvic wands are probably not appropriate for you either. So these are, these tools are usually more for patients kind of on the overactive side of things, the, the wands and the dilators. But, um, but yeah, I mean, if, and if you Google vaginal dilator, don't Google vaginal don't dilators, Google just vaginal don't do it. Dilators. Just don't do it. If, it's you, not worth if it. you're curious about dilators, again, go to Intimate Rose. They start off about the size of your pinky and they gradually get smaller. Bigger. Yeah, bigger, not smaller. <laughs> um, and the main reason I don't use them is because typically most things can be corrected by correcting that muscle function. And so if it's muscle function we're trying to correct, it makes more sense to use internal release, pelvic wand, good movements, exercise, things like that. 
dilators are useful when it's a true like we need to there's a true shortening of the tissue and we need to work to expand the tissue and so the I, I say I don't really I've used dilators a couple times most of it's been in my cancer patients who have had internal radiation things like that where we've got some fibrosis some true shortening of the tissues and we need that tissue lengthening we need that sustained stretch to get those changes um, and just working on the muscles isn't going to quite cut it but most people are fine without a dilator honestly. yeah yeah so they do come in sets and you know they kind of work their way up in size don't skip one start at the smallest end please and thank you there was um uh, there's a show on netflix it's called sex education and it's basically just a bunch of hormonal teenagers trying to figure out sex and love and the difference between love and lust and all that good stuff everything teenagers have to go through um but the main character his mom is a sex therapist and so he starts like basically becomes a sex therapist for his high school it's a fantastic show if you haven't watched it but there's this one character and she is you know trying to have sex with her partner and she says um you know she kind of talks about you know actually that really hurts and i actually have this thing called vaginismus and i have to use these dilators and i'm like my pelvic floor brain like picks up i'm like tell me more <laughs> i need to know <laughs> you're like Wait, where did you get them gonna... from what said are you going to pelvic floor physical therapy like what where where's our where's our treatment plan here and so eventually it shows, you know, she's getting, you know, more and more confident kind of throughout the episode and everything. And she feels better about it. And you see at like the end of the episode, she like opens up her set of dilators and you can see that she had, um, she had like picked up the first one, which she had said that was the one that she was on. She's like, I'm still on number one. <laughs> she's like, I'm still on level one. And so you see her pick up the first one. She kind of looks at it for a second and then you see her gaze at the end of the set down to the biggest one. And I'm sitting there on the couch, like screaming, like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And so finally she like goes back and she like just grabs the next biggest one. She goes to level two and I was like, oh, thank goodness. That's funny. So start low and go slow with yes. these dilators. Like we said, they definitely do have some, um, some benefits and everything. And a lot of the research that I found about dilators is that these patients have suffered with their conditions for a long, long time. Um, there's not a lot of, there's no standardized protocols either. So how often do you use the dilator? How long do you leave it? in what um you know when are you ready to go to the next level and things like that and so there's not there's still a lot of research that's being done around dilators again kelly and i haven't really seen a lot of patients where we have haven't gotten that benefit from mm -hmm. you know internal release and relaxation and everything like that um i will say though i have seen a lot of really good results in my you know pelvic cancer patients that mm -hmm. have had that internal radiation which just does a number on those tissues but but yeah yeah and I wanted to talk about this because I had a a younger patient come in and she was like I'm literally terrified like are you gonna make me use a dilator she had like this picture of this massive dilator that she found on the internet and I was like whoa no it's like that's not good for anybody no we, we will not be doing that and she's like that's why I didn't want to come in because I was terrified so if that's like what you picture when you picture pelvic floor therapy <laughs> if it's switched from just kegels to now we think it's just massive dilators no I no. promise that's not all we do here we should have an episode where we both just sit and just google pelvic floor physical oh, therapy and just tell you about like just not live stream it but like a live cast yeah. of what we find on google and whether it's right whether it's wrong that would be interesting that would be fun yeah let us know if you guys are interested in that yeah let us know um so yeah that's pretty much dialers in a nutshell they're kind of eh. it's not a huge huge part of our world really but there is they have their place place yep. yeah it's a tool again it's a tool okay kegel weights um kegel balls whatever putting something weighted up your vagina in attempts to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles the research i found okay so number one i never for any reason have ever recommended this 
because the research that I found said that when they looked at true strength benefits, there was no change in people who strengthened appropriately without the Kegel weights compared to those who strengthened with the Kegel weights. Um, the on, they said the only added benefit was there was a little bit more motivation in the people that had the weights because they like felt like they were actually working out and so they were more motivated. Okay, I put the weight in and I work out or whatever. In my like clinical professional opinion, that's really not how the pelvic floor works. Like when you're pregnant, it has to accommodate a sustained load, but it's never like picking something up. It's not like yeah. a bi- your arm doing bicep curls. No. It's more of endurance holds. And a lot of times people put those in, like I've seen people putting them in like the metal ball or whatever and leaving them all day in an attempt to sh- Okay, that's just setting you up to have an overactivity. Literally. <laughs> um, when those muscles are just in that constant state of contraction, Rachel, what did you call those muscle spasms or those painful tender points? What did you say those trigger, were? Myofascial trigger points. Right. You said it was when we didn't get those neural transmitter out and that muscle was staying in a constant state of contraction. So when you're putting something in there and trying to hold it for hours or like all day, you're setting your muscles up for failure, in my opinion. Literally. Now, there are appropriate ways to use them, like doing reps and sets. However, you get just as much benefit from strengthening or doing them appropriately without the kegel weights so for me it's just not worth it Uh, yeah and really it comes down to for me it comes down to function too like is it functional yeah um when was the last time you had to pick something up with your vagina exactly exactly (laughs) you don't you don't you don't um and so a study that i found and this is the efficacy of vaginal weights and pelvic floor dysfunction a systematic review and meta-analysis so that's good research so this is a research over this is an in-depth analytical evaluation they ran all sorts of statistics that i don't ever even want to think about again all those tests that you had to learn in your statistics class they did it over every single article that has been published regarding the efficacy of vaginal weights and pelvic floor therapy. Uh, they found no significant difference. Yep. So. So there you go. It's. So both of us looked this up. Both of us found that there's no difference. And that was published 84 days ago. So. So. You, want, of, you want current yeah. research, ladies and gentlemen? It doesn't get much more current. It does not get that. much more current than that. Although there was four days. There, oh, never mind. That's on a different. Mm, that's a different topic. I'm on Google Scholar right now, which is a great place to get research, research. articles, like actual research yeah. articles, in case you were wondering. Um, there's another article on something we might talk about later that was published four days ago. It's Ooh, exciting. Stay tuned. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. But <laughs> I did have a patient ask me, I think she had seen Fifty Shades of Grey, and she was like, what, like those little balls... Are those Kegel weights? I was like, no, 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 that's something different. No, they're completely different. However, I don't don't recommend those on a daily basis either. You're setting yourself up for no break. And yet if you're turned on all the time, that's (laughs) like we talked about, you're getting more muscle activity. We talked about this in our sex episode. If you're turned on all the time and those muscles are contracted all the time, again, you're just going to set yourself up for, for an overactivity. Yeah. So, so relax. (laughs) Um, I need to get off this website. (laughs) I couldn't remember what the little balls were called in Fifty Shades of Grey. And, um, in case you are wondering, there is an entire website on that has every tool and toy and I think everything they used in the whole, um, the whole series so in case you were wondering fascinating okay the Imtala chair I have a friend that sells these these are a chair you sit on and there's an electrical current that basically causes an involuntary muscle contraction of the pelvic floor so you can strengthen without doing anything these cost Two hundred thousand, six thousand five hundred and seventy-six dollars. Oh, 
I don't know why where I got two hundred thousand from. But you get free shipping. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so six thousand dollars when doing Kegels appropriately combined with other strengthening can do the exact same thing. Exactly. Um this chair I've actually sat on it before. I've used this before. Was so, it comfortable? It no, not at all. I was about to say that sounds so painful. No. So like I said, I have a friend who sells these. He works for the company. Um, he's going to be upset with me. I can't remember. We met him. He came into our office. Yes, he did. He came to visit us. Um, I can't remember the... It, it's like an overarching um, company that um, that has the m chair. I just can't remember the name of the like the parent company. Can anyway. I call it Intala. I think that's an emergency department thing. That might be. I have no oh, idea. Um, Imsella. 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 Yeah. We don't even know. That's how much we don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> don't even know the name. Anyway, so um, it was funny because he had texted me. He lives in Dallas and he had texted me and he was like, hey, like, what do you think about this chair? Like, do you use it? And I was like, eh, it's not really functional. Again, we've talked about it. Like, sitting in a chair or using the shorts, like, if you have some a, a machine doing that contraction for you, you're not learning how to do it on your own. It's not functional. And exactly. You can't sit in the chair all day long. Yeah. The chair is not going to tell you when to contract and when to relax and how long to contract, you know? And so that's kind of what I told him. I was like, it can be great as a starting place to help patients find that kegel because again it does it for you and so if those muscles have literally zero tone i mean you Mm -hmm. ask them to contract and not one single thing happens then it can be beneficial like okay this is what a kegel is let's start strengthening the muscles without you actually using them because you don't know how Mm -hmm. yet and then we can kind of you know wean off of whatever device it is that we're using to you know get that contraction and so he was just like, oh, okay, yeah. And they're like, that totally makes sense. He's like, I just started working for this company and I actually have one in my apartment right now. And I was like, I was on my way to go visit. Rachel's like, where do you live? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm actually on my way. She's um, like, this is content. Excuse me, I need the key. <laughs> and it was great too, because I was literally on my way to Dallas anyway to go visit one of my friends and they live in the same apartment building. And so I was like, I will be over in about four and a half hours. I will be at your door because I need to see this thing and I need to use it. So you should have left that out. It would have been a way better story if you had driven to Dallas. <laughs> Just, just in, in the Impala chair, chair. Impala. <laughs> <laughs> so of course we're at a pool party and so we're all like in bathing suits and everything and he is just like you have to dry off like before you sit on the chair <laughs> like you can't sit on it in a wet bathing suit and so and his apartment was like right next to the pool like you could literally like walk just into his apartment like onto his patio from the pool and so we there was like a group of us that just like went in there like we need to try this chair and so you sit on the chair and it literally looks like a kind of like looks like a big toilet but without the hole in the middle it's like flat and so you sit on it and you have to kind of adjust your positioning too depending on you know body size and everything like that but and he slowly kind of started turning up the electrical current. And so if you've ever had like a TENS unit or like an electrical stimulation or anything like that before, you know, like they slowly start to turn it up and it's like, okay, just tell me when you start to feel something. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yep, okay, there it is. Like felt something. And he was like, okay, like, where do you feel it? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he like You're looked like- at me and he was like more clitoral or anal. And I was like, oh, it's like in the middle. And he's like, okay, great. You don't have to move. And so you want it, you want the sensation to be kind of like right in between, um, right in between the clitoris and right in between the anus, um, just to cut, which is probably pretty accurate. Like not only are you targeting, you know, more, uh, more of those vaginal muscles, but you're getting right over that perineal body too, which is great. That's where so many of those muscles attach. And so it's a good spot for that stimulation to be. And so he was like, it should. And he's like slowly kind of started turning it up more and more and more. He's like, it should just give you a very strong contraction. And it wasn't, it wasn't uncomfortable, but I was also kind of like, okay, I already have an overactivity. It's like, I've been the last person that needs to be sitting on this chair right now. Um, I have heard of many women having a fantastic time on that chair, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, I did not. So I have not apparently heard that. that can also happen. Well, that might be worth six thousand dollars to someone. Right. <laughs> However, 
There's also like so that's there's probes. I know Zynex makes some that do yeah. the same thing in terms of the strengthening. So really, you can spend zero dollars and work on strength, or you can spend a couple hundred, a hundred, or six thousand. So the, again, it has it has it, its place. Yes, it has its place. Um, if you have pelvic pain, pelvic pain. If you have pelvic pain, please, 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 please do not run. sit on the chair. Walk, run do not walk away from this chair again like i said i already have an overactivity it's very mild it's you know very controllable i have pain every now and then but i don't have incontinence i don't have you know significant burning or anything like that like i said it's very very mild overactivity it's there we're aware of each other um and that was sitting on that chair was uncomfortable for me yeah. and so i cannot imagine somebody that's been having i and i had a patient not too long ago a couple months ago she had been having like had she's telling me all of her symptoms. I'm like, this poor woman has a raging overactivity. Mm-hmm. And of course she follows it up with, and I've been doing my Kegels and I've done the chair treatment and my problems just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm like, it's because you're doing too many Kegels. So this chair is not designed to fix all of your pelvic problems. Again, there is, um, supposed to be, you know, some sort of use in conjunction with pelvic floor physical therapy to determine if this is even appropriate for you. Because again, why would you spend $6,000 on something that's just going to make your problems worse? And I would be wary if you're someone who's like in a bigger city and there's a facility that advertises this and that's like their only treatment, I would be a little... I would ask some questions first. Yeah. But I had a patient, we had done the eval and maybe one treatment, raging overactivity, pain with sex, pelvic pain. And she called to cancel all of her appointments because her friend had some doctor somewhere with, and this is a direct quote from my patient, a curling iron type tool that you, quote, stick up there and it shocks you and you get better. Now, I don't know what exact treatment this was but it sounded like some type of just listening to that has made my overactivity <laughs> I worse i could I feel like, those muscles just run away I was, and i tried to i was like i not sure that'll help your specific condition however she was set and i haven't heard from her since i hope it cured her i hope she's doing well hope she's doing great um but i have my doubts however it, it might have worked but those are just some things and I, and I saw an ortho physical therapist post this kind of on their social media. There's nothing wrong with the basics. No. Just because it's not fancy, just because it's not this new $6,000 chair doesn't mean it's not going to work. Yeah. And, and I want to make this clear. We're not bashing those things. No. We just cost wise, money wise, is that the most beneficial? Is that the best option for you? I don't know if you have, you know, a couple hundred thousand, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars to spend, go for it. Insurance typically doesn't cover use of the chair. And so if you go into a clinic to use a chair, most clinic, like I I think a couple gynecologist offices here in Amarillo have it. Um, There's a couple spas that have it. And so if you walk in and say, I want to use this chair, they're going to charge you a couple hundred dollars Mm -hmm. because that company, their clinic shelled out $6,500 for this chair and insurance doesn't cover it. They got to make back that profit. They got to, you know, and actually start making earning off of that investment of a piece of equipment. So financially, is that the best option for you? I don't know. Again, if you have pelvic pain, this is not an option. I will say that 100%. If you have pelvic pain, do not, don't do Kegels and don't Don't go sit in the chair. Don't go sit on this chair. Um, Yeah. And so, but again, it has its use. If we are dealing with a significant weakness and those muscles don't have any tone and they don't have any sort of contraction, then yes, having a tool like this can be great because we can, again, start strengthening those muscles with that device Mm -hmm. and hopefully get you some symptom improvement as you slowly start to learn how to contract those muscles on your own. And so many people for these problems the incontinence, pelvic pain, pain with sex, whatever. They don't want to come to therapy. They want to try everything they want a quick else fix. first because they don't want to come in. They don't want to go through an internal exam. They don't want to have to talk about their problems. They want to fix it quietly in their own home. So my hope is if you're going to try that, that you hear this episode and you know which tool to practice yeah. for whatever your problem is. Because so many of my pelvic pain patients or my incontinence patients where it's stress incontinence and it's coming from 
not weakness, but rather maybe some overactivity. They come in and they tell me, and I don't know, it's it's not getting better. I've been doing hundreds of Kegels a day, or I got those Kegel weights, and it's just getting worse. And it's like, if they were going to get a tool, the thing they needed was the pelvic wand, not the weights. And so that that's really our main purpose with this episode, is if you're trying to go, well, maybe I can fix this on my own first, at least use the right tool. If it's, yeah. And if you don't know what the right tool is, come see us we would love to come we would love to talk to you we'd love Please to fix it you. the last ones that i want to talk about real quick are the lv the elatone the parafit we've talked about biofeedback before these devices you actually insert vaginally or rectally and then it bluetooths to your phone I and s- part of me really wants to get one of these <laughs> mainly because i really just want to see what it's like um they're fairly expensive you're gonna shell out a couple hundred dollars for these um i think i actually think the lv1 might not be as expensive nope just kidding it's 150 dollars um so it's a little device that you it kind of it almost looks like a kegel weight honestly i think our boss has one of these nice yeah yeah. And so you insert it vaginally or rectally. And again, that little device, it Bluetooths to your phone. There are pressure sensors within the device that's inserted. And so and it measures, you know, the level and strength of your contraction and relaxation. And then you can play like Flappy Bird. There's like some, yeah, there's some like um, apps with games. Isn't that so fun? I, like I said, if it was not $150 and I didn't already have an overactivity, I would probably buy that. If we get like an intimate rose spot. <laughs> sponsorship and we just have money to blow <laughs> or maybe we can get literally, sponsored <laughs> literally sponsor this picture on parafit has the device right next to a cell phone that's playing flappy bird like stop oh my gosh i heard you could do that i just didn't realize <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it has 12 games so yeah can be super super motivating especially if you know you're more of a visual learner like we talked about that biofeedback helps so much because we have no visual feedback with what's going on in our pelvic floor. The mind to muscle connection of these muscles is almost impossible to establish and it takes a long time. And so playing these games can help with that so much. Maybe we can like talk our boss into getting us one for work. Cause <laughs> I think patients would respond better to that than they would to sitting and doing biofeedback. Right. And I, and I don't know if they have like a relaxation mode. I would hope that they do. I hope that they do. Um, Maybe we could invent that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, man. But, but yeah, the Perifit is also $150. You can choose your color. It does come from France. So you're going to pay quite a bit for shipping. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Love it. That's all I got. Love it, love it, love it. So whether it's wands, weights, chairs we didn't really talk about the shorts the shorts are things i've seen those commercials non-stop on tv don't buy the shorts don't buy the shorts um okay do you have a patient one i do you actually are prepared (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) yes for once um so i have a patient and she was actually referred to me for right upper quadrant pain which i was like what am i gonna do with that Mm. (laughs) at first so started taking her history and all signs literally pointed to her gallbladder i'm not kidding like everything had pointed to her gallbladder like where the pain was, how it behaved, everything like that. I'm like, it's your gallbladder. And she was like, I had it tested two weeks ago and everything came back normal. I'm like, what? No, (laughs) that was the one thing that I had come up with. What do you mean? And so we started working on, um, she had a little bit of a rib hypomobility. So her ribs weren't quite expanding very well as she breathed. Um, also had, you know, kind of backwards breathing patterns, you know, was holding her breath when she lifted and exerted force, which was causing an increase in that pain and had some pretty significant soft tissue and abdominal restrictions as well pretty significant pelvic floor muscle overactivity as well so started addressing all the things and in case you haven't learned by now everything is connected and so slowly over the last couple weeks everything has just kind of started to get better 
I saw her this morning and she was like, I literally, I, she's like, I haven't had that abdominal pain. I haven't had any incontinence, which she had been dealing with pretty significantly. And so she's like, the only thing I really have had the last couple of weeks is just some pain with like bladder filling. And she was like, I doubt I, she's like, she even goes, she's like, I know this isn't related, but I'm having some pain with bladder filling. And I was like, no, 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 that is what? that is exactly related. That is exactly how all of this works together. So that was pretty cool. Just getting some rib mobility and some trunk mobilization, some abdominal visceral mobility, and just some good old fashioned down training did the trick. So yeah, she's been really good. And I've only seen her like two or three times total. So I love that. My patient win is I had a patient with all the overactivity things, frequency, urgency, pelvic pain, But the biggest thing we'd kind of been working on was frequency, urgency, urgent continence, all of that, because she was going about every 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, dang. Lots of just-in-case peas, everything like that. She just went on a trip and made it from Amarillo to Albuquerque without stopping to go to the bathroom. Nice. She said her friends stopped. They stopped about halfway. Everybody got out to go to the bathroom, and they asked her if she needed to go. And she said, no, I don't feel the urge. And she didn't go. And she made it all the way. It's just been doing phenomenal. And she was like, I used to, like, I would have had a pad. I would have been panicking, known where all the restrooms were. She was like, I made it. No problems. I didn't even go when my girlfriends went. Nice. I was so proud. That's amazing. So proud. All right. I'm looking something up real quick. Um, Because we had a big win in legislation over the weekend there is a pelvic health bill that was introduced to the house of representatives um and i'm going to read this this is from the american physical therapy association uh pelvic health newsletter highly 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 recommend you subscribe to this newsletter they send out information regarding legislation like what's come forward um this past weekend and um big events, continuing education courses, free webinars, everything like that. So if you have any interest in pelvic floor health, which if you're listening to this podcast, you You probably probably do. do. Um, It is just the Academy of, uh, what is it? I'm so sorry. It's the American Physical Therapy Association Academy of Pelvic Health. So I'm just going to read you from the email. Thanks to the hard work of the Academy of Pelvic Health Physical Therapies, prenatal and fourth trimester legislative task force and APTA advocates, legislation addressing pelvic health physical therapy was introduced in the House of Representatives by Congresswoman Jamie Herrera Butler uh, from Washington and Lisa Blunt Rochester of Delaware. Pelvic health physical therapy is a vital part of recovery in the postpartum period. It can aid in muscle control, tissue repair, and help heal internal portions of cesarean section scars. However, many mothers lack access to and awareness of the benefits of pelvic health physical therapy. Even some healthcare providers may not understand the importance of pelvic health physical therapy in the postpartum period. This legislation is designed to address these knowledge and access gaps by providing guidance to state Medicaid and CHIP programs administering pelvic health services performed during the postpartum or neonatal period. It also authorizes programs to raise both provider and patient awareness of the importance of pelvic health examinations and pelvic health physical therapy. Big thank you to our task force members. We couldn't have done it without the dedication and hard work of our academy task force members. That's awesome. That's beautiful. It's just going to mean it's it's going to, the education is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's been the biggest battle we've been fighting yeah. is the education. Just is the awareness that, the, yes. that this even exists, that this yes. is an option for you, that you are not alone. You do not have to live with your pain and problems and incontinence and discomfort forever. And there are treatment options out there for you that do not include medications and surgeries. I hate it when I'm asked, why didn't I hear about this 30 years ago? Yeah. I hate that. It it's, breaks my heart. Oh, and this means 30 years from now, people will have heard about it. Yeah. And, and so many patients that are like, oh, this is really new, isn't it? And I'm like, mm, not really. 
I try to tiptoe around it. I'm like, it's newly being utilized the way that it should because the research supporting pelvic floor physical therapy has been around since the 70s and 80s. But again, it's just being utilized now the way that it really should be. Again, we've gotten referrals from a couple of physicians in town and we've both kind of looked at each other like, do you think they've listened to the podcast? Because they didn't send us anybody with this before. And now this is all I'm getting from them. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got some really great physicians we in really town. Do. We've got some pretty great support for this. We couldn't do Absolutely. it without them, without our boss, without you guys that listen. Yeah. So just a huge thank you again to everyone. Big, big thank you. Our PSA this week is use the right tools. Yes. I love that. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.